When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm not going to be mean here, I swear. They're just kids. They have their futures in front of them. Hopefully, they all excel in whatever it is that they do in life. I do feel that it's fair to say that I fear for this franchise's future after watching a development camp scrimmage like the one yesterday up in Cranberry. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I also hope you'll check out. Look, lots of things can impact a development camp overall, but especially the scrimmage that annually comes at the end. And this one in particular coming in the middle of the summer like this, right off the draft when guys aren't doing a whole lot of work is going to look a lot more sluggish than the way you normally hold it, which is in September. But the team chose this route and the players were out there and there was ice and there were pucks and sticks and all that other fancy stuff. And it just, it's just, oh, I'm not going to be able to avoid this, am I? There's not a lot of skill out there. There's not a lot of speed out there. If there was one thing that was encouraging, it is that the Penguins, as promised and delivered in Montreal at the draft last week, did add size. Owen Pickering, the defenseman, the first rounder, obviously. Big boy, six foot four, still growing. And he carried himself well enough on the back line, definitely not ready for any sort of professional ranks. His stride needs to grow into his size, and that's not something that's going to happen like that. I like Luke Devlin. He was another guy that had a big body, uh, used it well to shield people off. Again, you know, the, the skating needs work, but that happens very commonly with younger players who just sprout up. That's not just in hockey. That's in any sport. Nolan Collins was the other uh, big body that I liked. He's a, another sixth rounder like Devlin, and he was uh, both aggressive and smart. And yeah, th- all of this dovetails nicely with what Ron Hextall and Mike Sullivan both brought up last week in Montreal, which is that the Penguins want to get bigger, particularly on the back end. They want to get a little bit more physical. They don't want to get pushed around. So they want to get bigger players, but they also want to make sure that they can really play the game. 
The best avenue to do that is, as ever, the draft. But my goodness, it takes time. So that's my positive. In addition to Pickering just being such a bright young man, and I hate to keep harping on that, but I've spent a lifetime covering the sport, and there aren't many youngsters who sound the way he does. This was Pickering after the session yesterday. Uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, it was pretty cool, obviously. Uh, came, came straight from the draft, so um, went pretty fast. It's definitely been a whirlwind. Um, and there's a lot of takeaways. Um, first of all, I'd say this facility and the people um, in the organization are, are top notch. Um, super to be a part of the Penguins, and uh, I can't wait to come back in September. Someday that kid's going to run for mayor of whatever the name of that town is that he's from that's 12 miles south of Winnipeg. I don't remember it, but I'm sure he does, and I'm sure he'd get everybody's vote. But overall, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Not exciting. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. This isn't a critique of the scouts, the executives, or anybody else involved in the drafts or other forms of amateur acquisition. They haven't had picks. It's impossible to be good at drafting when you can't participate in that draft. And this has been true for this franchise for about a decade now. We all know why. We all applaud why. But it doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change what you're seeing right in front of you. In development camps from the past, and I've actually got this bizarre streak going of having seen every one of them since they started in Max Talbot's draft year going way back. I'd never seen one quite like this. The one last year, which was in September, had at least a couple of guys that would catch your eye, a couple of guys where you'd see something and you'd go, oh, whoa, didn't see that coming. Where'd that come from? Valtteri Pustinen was the one that stood out to me. And that's not someone that I was paying a whole lot of attention to. I didn't go in there looking for Valtteri Pustinen. So I was kind of, I'm not going to lie to you, a little bit proud of the fact that he ended up being a really nice contributor and earned a call-up, and I mean earned, to Pittsburgh last season. Only lasted one game, but he sure didn't look out of place out there. He showed, frankly, NHL-level vision, uh, NHL-level hands. Uh, The skating was good enough. And he also showed a proclivity and at times a passion for going to the net, which is a kind of an unusual combination of a skill set. So he stood out, and I reported as much at the time. And I, I like to do that. I, I like to find that one guy and say, hey, here's the one. Here's the one who jumped out. Uh, this is somebody that you'll want to keep an eye on, just so that maybe, you know, A few months later or even years later, I'll be able to say to somebody, oh, yeah, I noticed him at the development camp. We all have a little bit of that in us, right? I I, I got nobody, (laughs) you know? I got nobody. There were a couple of decent goals scored, uh, good finishes, 
but they were good finishes by guys who couldn't really move much, you know, and that's not going to matter much for you unless you're Brian Boyle and you can do literally everything else in your career. Here's where I want to take this. I want to pound home once more, as I did on the eve of the draft last week from up in Montreal, that this organization needs to hang on to its picks. This organization might even need to add more picks. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. Hextall, right now, has to move, I think, two defensemen, not one, two NHL defensemen off his roster. Those are probably going to be John Marino and Marcus Pedersen or Brian Dumoulin. It's definitely not going to be all three. But Marino seems most likely. These guys are all in the three to four million range in terms of cap hits. Dumoulin's got just one year of his cap hit, so there might be teams more willing to take him on. But the others are obviously a lot younger. Here's what I say. Just move them for draft picks. It serves a lot of purposes. They have value. Value, these players that you'd trade, which means you could actually ask for a reasonable pick as opposed to the obligatory sixth or seventh rounder that usually accompanies a blatant salary dump. And if the other team doesn't have a player who's a match, meaning a forward, then you can just take that money or that cap space that you pick up from that other team and go into free agency and get somebody that you want. It's just moving from one hand to the other. And, and you get a draft pick. Just a thought, just a thought. When we come back, J1Q. J1Q comes from Bill, who asks, DK, which prospect has stood out the most to you? Okay, well, now that I've just brained all over pretty much all of them, I am going to admit that the one player who showed at least spurts of being able to do things that are translatable to the NHL is Lucas Fajkowski, the five foot ten winger. Out of the WHL, he was the team's fourth-round pick in 2020 and scored a bunch of goals this past season for Seattle in helping that team get to the league's final. He showed kind of a a squirt-bug tendency to go wide on defensemen. He had a decent first step. I wouldn't call him explosive. I, I wouldn't grade the speed once he got going as anything better than decent either. And the same goes for the hands. But don't make me do this, Bill. It's really rough to avoid being critical. I was actually looking forward to more. I really was. I thought that there might be a guy here or there who'd stand out in a certain way. And look, something else to point out here is that there are players in this camp who are seen as solid two-way types, including the forwards. Think of them more in the Philip Hollander mold, uh, guys that you wouldn't necessarily notice 
in terms of, whoa, what a spectacular thing that was. But coaches will appreciate certain things that they do from a diligence standpoint, little skills and awarenesses that players their age don't usually have. But I'm going to say this again. This used to be an event where you'd have, I wouldn't say three or four, but you'd definitely have one or two players who would just jump out at you and you'd say, man, they don't even belong on that rink. And that's not this. I appreciate the question, Bill. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins on what's been obviously a pretty wild week for the team. Before I let you go, I just want to say that, you know, after the Evgeny Malkin signing, I got so much in the way of response. And it really honestly didn't have anything to do with what I was saying or what the show's specific topic was. It was about your emotions, about how you felt related to Gino being back. And I got to tell you, I appreciate that too. I really do. Uh, you might think that those things come my way and I either don't see them or or don't even give a second thought to them. But what the Penguins have in keeping both Gino and Chris Letang, and of course, Sidney Crosby, is it's not unprecedented in sports, but it's not far from it. It's extraordinary. And yes, I understand that the contracts are aimed at paying them for future performance, and they have to produce. They probably feel that, you can imagine. But I also feel like there's enough room in the emotional spectrum to look at this uh, within what it means from the past as well and say, just wow, wow. Anyway, let's do this again Monday. <laughs>